second straight game where the opposition for the Florida Panthers makes the difference in another shutout. We discuss what does this mean for the Florida Panthers depth. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, December 15th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on ahl and use tw- and for twenty dollars off your first purchase so florida panthers uh go into vancouver after they've been shut out by the seattle kraken on tuesday we're hoping to bounce back and face a big road test but the te- the test for the florida panthers was hard even before this game started where Anton Lindell was not seen on the ice in, at morning skate. And at first, when the Florida Panthers hit the ice, Yona Gadovich is in. The Florida Panthers, then he's not in. The Florida Panthers go 11 F7D. The, and the Panthers were just discombobulated, unorganized, turning the puck over. And it ended, and this game ended way before it started. And, uh, and really early for the Florida Panthers, too as the Vancouver Canucks score 403 into the first and never looked back after that. And the story of this one was puck management and the depth for the Florida Panthers in this one. And I thought, I thought that even with the, after the first goal for the, for the Vancouver Canucks where Ryan Lombard mishandled the puck. And then, uh, and then we love Nico Mikola's reach as far as breaking up pucks but you want to use your body there as as opposed to using your stick and and then kuzmenko goes on that breakaway but even after that i thought that the florida panthers were doing a really good job with setting the tempo really in this one they were limiting the vancouver canucks's top guns as far as as far as getting their scoring chances as far as shot shares even in the first period the top six for the vancouver canucks was under 40 percent as far as that so Cool. You're you're eliminating the top scorers who have been on fire all season, but when you are misconnecting and just overthinking your passes in, in your own zone and shooting through shooting through blockers and not getting shots on net, it's gonna be costly. I mean, there was a big opportunity where where Matthew Kachuk had a drop to Yves Belinskis goes goes to the net and then they they're unable to score and then uh even later oel in, in the court in the near side corner tries to backhand it out and T- dakota joshua uh disrupts it teddy bluger gets it up front and joshua gets it on on a second opportunity uh to to give to give the vancouver canucks a two nothing lead and just uh 
the fourth line, the the bottom scoring for Vancouver tonight and even Seattle two nights ago, which Seattle's fourth line tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks did the scoring again, where they chase Arvid Soderblom and bring in uh, Peter Mrazek uh, after they give up the seventh goal. But in this one for the Florida Panthers, the the turnovers, the one and duns in their own zone was really costly and the and even later in the period after that the vancouver canucks just went to work in the neutral zone as far as taking the time and space away from the panthers and i'm just going to go straight into when i thought this game was lost and even when it was two nothing and the second line for the panthers i thought the second line was really sharp early where they were consistently on the four check and getting their scoring chances especially in the final minute where they got five shots on goal in the final minute and on our, Carver Hagee keeps it alive with his forecheck. And after they get a line change, Barkov gets a shot. And then as he's trying to follow up his own rebound, he gets, he runs out of real estate there. And it's just thinking, you just throw your hands up. It's like, man, if, if this, if you're getting this much traffic in front of Thatcher Demko, but then the depth scoring for Vancouver is getting on the board. It's, uh, it's, you knew that it was going to be a, a pretty long night for the, for the, for the Panthers as well. And again, it's unforced errors by by the Panthers that are costing them uh, as far that at least cost them in this one as well. And when when you go when, and even with the power play, they mixed it up. They decided to put all Rickman Larson and Aaron Ekblad on the top unit. But even then, the miscommunications on the passes and lack of zone entries, and even when there's no blue, there were no blue sweaters around. Matthew Kachuk tries getting it back to his defenseman, and and it's an errant pass that goes all the way to the end boards. So things are off for this team as far as not not being in sync. You allow one shot on goal before the first TV timeout, and you're thinking, and even with all that, the Panthers are still in it. And then the big the big mistake by Sergei Bobrovsky, which we don't see him playing the puck much, as as far as during his time with the Florida Panthers, we see Spencer Knight do it more often than Bobrovsky tries to stretch pass. And I looked at the replay. It looked like that he was trying to get it to Matthew Kachuk in as when he at the blue line, but Dakota Joshua intercepts it and knocks it into the open net to make it three, nothing. And just other scary moments too. just series of unfortunate events. Gus Forsling gets a point shot that hits Sam Bennett in the face. Thankfully, Sam Bennett returns as well. We spoke about the, Lundell missing with a non-COVID illness and all. Yona Gadjevich being in, but then not being in, and then going 11F7D, a lot of guys taking shifts on that fourth line, and you knew that it was going to be a lot of top minutes for the top guns for the Panthers as far as guys cons- taking shifts there. You saw Etzulus Durain in there. You saw Matthew Kachuk there in and out most for mostly as far as that. But it got even worse when Aaron Ekblad doesn't return to in, in the third period as well and you're thinking okay when it rains it pours as well and i'm thankful that paul maurice did at least pull sergey borowski and and put anthony stolars there knowing that this is a this is a game where you're down by four going into the third period a team that's 11 three and one at home uh, in the vancouver canucks and you know that you're going to start sergey borowski on saturday in edmonton so get get him let stolars have that third period for for the for the florida panthers there and i want to talk about the fourth goal where 
that was really the only goal that came from the top guns of the Vancouver Canucks. It wasn't really about how that, the fact that they scored on the five on three, but really what led to it as well. You're already down as far as, as far as the, the score, but then as the puck is way away from you, as, as the Panthers are clearing the puck and it goes all the way to the, to the, as the Panthers ice it, as Quinn Hughes is going towards the puck, Kevin Stenland grabs the Jersey of, uh, of Quinn Hughes and you're going five on three for a minute and 47 seconds. You really expect the league's, um, the league's top scoring team to not score there. And, and this is the thing, the pen, that penalty kill, the five on three, it, it looked, it looked pretty decent. Barkov was blocking shots. Dmitry Kulikov was blocking shots there as well. But it was just when when you're down that many bodies, you can't expect them to not score there as well. So it's just uh, it's just silly, silly mistakes for this team. And uh, you you gotta it now. It's a I'm not hitting a panic button, but the eyebrows are definitely raised as far as as far as seeing back to back shutouts which is something this franchise hasn't experienced since 2011. 12 years ago, <laughs> I was a junior in high school the last time that happened. So that, uh, that is just a unfamiliar territory for the Florida Panthers to be in as far as that. And then third period, I mean, Stolarz is in. And I mean, the, the Vancouver Canucks are playing keep away. As far as that, they're not doing too much as far as pushing as far as the offense. And Anthony Stolarz doesn't face his first shot until midway through the third period as well. So, and also, there was actually a hilarious uh, pity call that actually went in favor of the Panthers, where it was Etulu Serenin who held the stick of JT Miller, but then they decided to call the penalty on JT Miller. And I, I just said, okay. Uh, you can give the Panthers that because there's not a lot that they uh, they got right as far as Thursday night in Vancouver, and uh, there's there's got to be there's got to be a lot. There, I hope there's a decent conversation about an honest truths that Paul Maurice and Bill Zito, if he decides to intervene, like he gives to the club as far as what's going on, and we can't use West Coast trip and time change as a, as an excuse. It's uh, every, everyone, every Eastern conference team has to go through it. And, but it's just with, 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 with what's gone, gone on and the fact that it's just been the depth scoring and the fact that all year, the Panthers haven't had that depth scoring, but then when they're on the, the, a moment like tonight, when they're on the ice and you can't break out of your zone and then the depth, guys from the other team scores it's it's uh it, it's really deflating and 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 the air was sucked out of the balloon pretty early on in, in in this one and uh it's gonna be it's it's not gonna be easy but this team really really does have to uh regroup as they head into edmonton for saturday night's matchup uh on hockey night in canada on saturday but we're going to discuss where does this leave the road trip now for the Florida Panthers and are the depth scoring issues solutions internal for this Florida Panthers team. We're going to discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by 
game time. And you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices viewed from your seat with their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And see the, you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show up your total upfront so you know what you're getting. A great deal without the hidden fees. Buy tickets in the with in seconds with two taps game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts it's the place to find last minute seats find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals for tickets like for football basketball hockey baseball concerts theater and more download the game time app create an account and use code locked on hl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n nhl for 20 dollars off download game time today Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Segment number two here on this Friday, December 15th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Friday. And as you have, if you've made it to this part of the show, you notice that there's no Nick Fairbanks. So no Fairbanks Friday uh, today. Uh, scheduling was a little bit of, a, of an issue as far as recording time. So, but he will be back next Friday. His uh, his spot is not going anywhere as far as that. But where does this leave the Panthers now as far as the rest of the road trip and even in the standings? And a lot of Florida Panther fans were saying ha, ha, ha to the Toronto Maple Leafs after they were down 5 nothing at home. They come back and get a point against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They lost in overtime, but down 5 nothing, they at least salvaged a point and they got a point that they feel that they didn't probably didn't deserve. And now the Florida Panthers are have dropped to third in the division if you have not looked at the standings. And now the Detroit Red Wings are they're, they're without David Perron, who's suspended. Dylan Larkin is hurt. And now they're two points behind the Florida Panthers for third in the division. For, for the Florida Panthers... They're super fortunate that the Boston Bruins have kind of stumbled their toes, that that, that they stubbed their toes, excuse me. So that, there's a little bit of luck there as far as that. Still four points from the division lead, but Boston does have, I believe they have a game in hand, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's uh, this stretch for the Panthers is uh, – there's got to be some soul searching for this team after what's gone on. And this is supposed to be a time where, you know, the team bonding aspect is supposed to be key. And maybe this is something as far as the team bonding part of it is something that will pay dividends later on for this team. Who knows? But now this sucks. This stinks. And I could use so many adjectives, but this is a family friendly show. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's not good right now for the Panthers. And again, they went 100 plus games without being shut out. And that's regular season because let's not forget they got shut out in uh, game four of the second round against Tampa Bay. But regular season games, 100 plus in between 20, 2021 and the, the President's Trophy winning season. And last season, 
I, I believe that streak ended in Carolina last late December last year where Carolina had three power play goals and then the fourth one was just as the penalty ended, which you could basically count that as a power play goal. And that was a back-to-back where Paul Maurice had the Panthers practicing the day after playing a back-to-back. So question is, after being shut out twice, what is Paul Maurice going to pull now for the Panthers as far as something that they don't see coming? Thanks to the Panthers public relations department, I am able to get the practice schedule and everything in the practice schedule is game off day, game off day throughout this whole road trip. So do the, do does Paul Maurice change his mind and say, no, we're not going to have a day off. We are going to hit the ice and I've seen tweets out there uh, saying bag skate for the Florida Panthers. So what's what we have, we can't be surprised if, uh, if Paul Maurice, uh, pulls something out of the ordinary, uh, but is it out of the ordinary? If Paul Maurice has pulled something like this before, uh, that's a, that's a, but with, uh, with, with and here's the thing it's four times now this year and in consecutive games and we got to ask ourselves are the problems are the are the solution to the Florida Panthers problems internal that's a that's a and I'm not sure because if you were to call up Mackie Semiskevich right now, there's pros and cons to it. The pro is, wow, Mackie Semiskevich is blazing hot right now in the AHL. Six goals in his last nine. But you're putting, you're trying to rely so much on a guy just entering the league who's, who is going. I know he's played a couple of a few NHL games. And he has a couple under his belt. But to put the weight on him to come here and be the difference as far as the depth scoring for the Panthers, listen, Matthew Kachuk has to get it going. There's no secret about that. Anton Lindell, whenever he is healthy, has to get going. Etulu Serena, we've seen flashes of it. He has to get going. Kevin Stenland, it's, he's been a great, he was a great story in the first few weeks of the season. He's got to get going. However, the Panthers do have $1 million in cap space. Usually before the trade deadline, the first domino to fall happens around January-ish. And we'll discuss more about what the Panthers can do as far as their $1 million of space. The thing is, the Panthers have one million in space, and they're still able to put twenty-three players on a roster, which is kind of a blessing if you really think about it. In this state of the salary cap that that the Panthers find themselves in, why? Because they can still make that trade 
before the, a, a trade setting up another one. Getting rid of a, a, a little bit of a cap hit in order to bring someone in, and then you could try doing the whole manipulation of cap hit that that you take on a 25% while giving up a, a draft pick somewhere else. Panther, Panthers are in that position. But at the same time, what are what are the likes of an what are we gonna see what are we gonna see in the likes of a Nick Cousins? Orion Lombard, who had that Brad turnover at the at the start of the at the start of this one, 403 in. What about those guys who are currently in the roster? We gotta see more from those guys. We gotta see we gotta see more from even even Brandon Montour and Aaron Eckblad. I know Aaron Eckblad left uh, Thursday night's game early, but Montour, as far as his skating, it doesn't look half bad. His ability to move the puck, read the ice, get out in transition, but we're not seeing it, and we shouldn't expect it. Neither. We're, we're not seeing it at the same pace that we did last season when he set the franchise record for points in a single season if and for the latter part of the 2010s we were complaining all about the panthers defense they can score but they can't defend now it's crazy how it's uh all reversed now as far as the panthers ability to defend get great goaltending, but have a hard time finding it back of the net. And the power play going, once again, an 0 for, 0 for 3 on the night. I, it's uh, not, not a good place to be in right now for the Panthers, but we, we have seen this Panthers team bounce back multiple times and it's not i know it's not something you guys want to hear right now especially if you stayed up for this one god god bless you guys if you stayed up for this one if you didn't good for you i hope that if you're happen to be driving around listening to this or listening to this at your desk at your day job in your cubicle that you did not sacrifice your sleep for for that for that performance and it's 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 got to take it's going to it's got to take more from this group and we were we were saying so much about Stanley Cup hangover what what never heard of her but Again, this is a stretch. It's an 82-game season. That's the best part about all of this. And this is two games in the 82. Panthers were flying high before this. But how do, how do they respond after this? That is the biggest of questions. In segment number three, we're going to discuss more about Roberto Luongo's special night in Vancouver and what he had to say prior to being 
honor put being placed in the Canucks ring of honor. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to, to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Third and final segment here on this Friday, December 15th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Also, uh, Jamison Olive of FloridaPanthers.com did j- just tweeted that Ekblad's injury is, isn't serious. Um, don't know if it's day-to-day, but they say they will see tomorrow. But they wanted – it was precautionary for uh, Aaron Ekblad to, to not play in the third period. So that is some bit of good news. Um, but I want to talk about Roberto Luongo. I want to end this on a positive note. And you don't see a lot of negativity usually from me. I mean, with the Panthers winning – it's really hard to have any negativity. I mean, 17, 10, and 2 on the season. You're still in a pretty decent position as far as that. But let's end this on a good note. So, unfortunately, the Ballet Sports broadcast did not air the Ring of Honor ceremony. But the I was able to watch the media availability that Roberto Luongo did have with the Canucks media and some of the Panthers media that were there. And Roberto spoke about all the reminiscing on all the great and funny things in, in Vancouver when he returned. Uh, obviously, he's in South Florida with the front office, a place where he met his wife as well. It's a, it's a place where his family is settled as, as well. And spoke about how the time in Vancouver was during the most important stretch of his career, his prime and all. And he, and how he's very thankful about that. And I thought the coolest part was how he he said that he's going to take some time to walk around downtown Vancouver with his family because when you're thinking, when you're a young guy getting, meaning, meaning what you call the love of your life, and then you're forced to be relocated 3,000 miles away, uh, and that experience that you have not even on the ice, but off is extremely valuable to someone like River Luongo. So I'm glad that he, we got to see the human side of all this. And also the, the trade that sent him to Vancouver in the first place, uh, where, where uh, Mike Keenan made that, made that trade on draft day. I mean, a lot of the trades that happen <laughs> and a lot of the transactions as far as River Luongo happen on the day of the draft. I mean, Rick DiPietro, when he got when he got drafted by the Islanders, Roberto Luongo was later later traded as well. And as far as uh, and he also spoke about his social media presence, how he really didn't feel like that he could be himself. So that's what he gave his uh, alter ego on social media as Strombone One there as well. 
and also the having to see on his sweater spoke about how he wears it as a badge of honor because he's the only goaltender who to ever wear it as, as well and that he it's something that he wouldn't uh change as well and as far as also when when the trade happened to vancouver he thought that he was going in when to, into the florida panthers that season with a new contract and mike keenan said no uh, we we we're gonna we're gonna trade you to vancouver and uh Panthers lost a fan favorite, but also making it up for, for, uh, for it where it's been, it was seen as a request for so many years, but Roberto Longo did clarify saying that it was a mutual parting of ways regard, um, whether that's true or not, uh, thankfully that they, the, the franchise and the goaltender are able to still have this ceremony on on Thursday night. So thankfully, it seems to be water under the bridge. Well, it is under water under the bridge as far as them the as far as Luongo and uh, the Canucks and seeing the Sedin twins there and the ceremonial puck drop with Sergey Bobrovsky and Thatcher Demko. I thought that was a really cool touch. Them coming out in warm-up jerseys with the number one Luongo and all of them autographed too. I thought that was a really cool feature there as well. There, uh, um, but and he also spoke about how the the decision to retire, which he had three years left on his contract. He said that it felt like a job trying to get on the ice going into 2019, into the 2019 offseason. And we spoke about, we've, if you've experienced this, the latter part of Roberto Luongo, you knew that his hip was giving out on him, that it was just, you, you could tell that. A 39-year-old goaltender, which it, it, it's really hard, the movement and the mileage that's on him. I mean, think about this. The Panthers have historically have passed the baton from one Hall of Famer to another multiple times. Mike Vernon was towards the end of his career in his short stint with the Florida Panthers. They needed to go into a different direction as he as I know Mike Vernon did end up returning to the Calgary Flames for the last two seasons of his career. But that's, you're talking about a guy in his late thirties there. He got a little younger. Roberto Luongo was 39 when he retired. And he did speak about how it wasn't his call to, as far as retiring versus going on LTIR. And man, did that, did that create Quite a few reactions on social media because of the recapture penalty that the, mostly the Vancouver Canucks had to endure. About $3 million on their cap, if I'm not mistaken, as far as their recapture penalty. Panthers only had like $1 million, I believe. But the flat cap, it made it a bigger weight. But 
that that part of the recapture penalty is thankfully over for them. But it wasn't his call. It was uh, it was Del Talon's call as far as as that. So it cost uh, it cost uh, the Panthers and uh, and the Canucks some some cap space in order to work with as far as there. And uh, even even with that contract itself he was asked whether he thinks the contract is bad and basically avoided the question for the most part. And he thought he was going to be traded to Toronto from Vancouver before getting that uh, deal with, with, with the Canucks. So, and talking about his story about it was a pregame nap that he had. He's supposed to start against the Arizona Coyotes and then getting that call that he's traded to the Panthers. And the, the storylines we spoke about. I know we spoke about Tim Thomas yesterday, but the story, uh, the story was Tim Thomas was supposed to return to Boston that night, but then it was taken over by the return of Roberto Luongo. But still, regardless of the score, it was great to see that Roberto Luongo is was just showered with so much love by, a, even though it's not the fan base that, even though it's not our fan base. It's still great to see that an- another gets to embrace him and that we share that same that same love for him. And the fact that the Panthers and Canucks, as far as trade history, they're also, they're forever connected as far as that. The Luongo trade and then Pavel Bure before he won two straight Rocket Richards as well. These these two are connected. And coincidentally, they don't, neither of them have a Stanley Cup too. So, uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure on the top of my head how many Stanley Cup finals the Canucks made. I know they made it in 2011 and 94. But other than that, I'm not sure uh, what other one they've made. Uh, but, but still, uh, there's still some pretty different. There's once again the parallels between these two teams, and the love for Roberto Luongo. It is one of the many is one of the many as far as that so wanted to end this on a positive note as far as as far as the night and don't want to don't want the result of the florida panthers play on the ice take away from from the night of honoring roberto longo that's going to do it for this edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast thank you once again for making the lockdown florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day we are going to return on Monday to break down the game against the Edmonton Oilers. Hopefully the Florida Panthers will break their their losing streak and they will and they can extend the Oilers losing streak as their winning streak just came to an end on Thursday night. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steve Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.